Welcome everyone to NFTs in the Arena with your host Mike and John. So as you would have seen already off the bat, we, or at least I've tried to change things up when it comes to setting up the podcast and it's actually part of the reason as to why we never had a podcast last week is because Jono and I have been recording now, this is our 26th episode already um, in the space of just under a year, I would say. But I think those of you that are listening and those of you that have actually tried podcasting will actually probably relate to what John and I are going to talk about now with regards to how hard and how difficult it is to set up a podcast. Not even the content in which we prepare to to convey to you each week, but even the setup when it comes to the cameras, the microphones and everything else. So I wanted John to also um, have a, a bit of his take in that because it's actually been so frustrating, but I think we've got this right now. So we'll, when, when this goes out, we know it's been recorded well. So John, what's going on, man? How are you doing? What's up, Mike? I said, I, said that, I said that quite calmly, to be fair, considering yeah, uh, yeah. how annoyed we were 10 minutes ago. It's a bold up play, bro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, yeah, what a rough one, man. Yeah, no, definitely. So I mean, like we are trying to, we try, are trying to up our game. We are definitely, obviously, trying to bring better, um, content as well as just make the whole experience better for our audience so i mean this this past week there hasn't been much going on in the crypto and nft world but i think one of the things that i wanted to cover was i think the whole way in which we are viewing money money now right going into recession and i think a lot of people i've been speaking to and like i think one of the reasons why I wanted to have those conversations is I had a conversation with a gentleman two days ago, and he was speaking about how one of his family members in the last recession had lost their house due to crypto, meaning they effectively sold all their, their properties, put it into crypto, and then the market crashed. And I think mm -hmm. we're going to start to see the things like that now coming upon, upon us, if not already. But I think with you now obviously investing in the different cryptocurrencies that you are investing in like uh, Zen and Pulse Chain and mm. the likes, do mm. you do you think or the community that you form part of, I actually think it would be quite cool for you to actually just tell us about the community that you form part of. So if you guys are, are on Twitter, I think you should follow, follow John. I think your, your profile's um, J Edgar or Zen, Zen Influencer. Uh, yes, yes, Zen, influ Zen Influencer, yeah. Zen yeah. Influencer, yeah. Well, but, but I think I think it's just it's quite a cool community because when I follow like the tweets and I follow everyone that's commenting there, it seems like some form of a community mm. and it has been sustained for quite yes. a long time. Maybe yes, just give yes. give us a bit of how that experience has been, especially leading up into the, the precarious and quite complex economic circumstances we are about to find ourselves in. Yeah, look, I think um, with the community, there's. The Zenians are just on another level, bro, especially just given the, the amount of time in market. And I do believe that's because of the leader, Jack. Uh, he really has an element to himself that takes us past what, what needs to happen as, as people, um, especially in the crypto space, because we rely so much on, on community, just especially during bear runs, because who knows what, 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 what's to be anticipated when these markets crash and sometimes you require this 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 leaning on from from your peers and the community just to get you through it and what i believe is so so substantial with the zen 
crypto space is the the ability to mint your own coin and i think that's very paramount going into a, a, a let's let's hypothetically say this is going to be a recession and people are now in a position to mint their own currency and i do believe the bigger this becomes the easier it becomes for the community to actually find some form of value as a currency and this is what takes me to my next point where i feel like i'm so involved uh, indirectly that i want to become more directly involved by starting an initiative that's more for the pan-african south african space in the zen community so start running workshops um, just general face-to-face -face meetings i know they had one in new york recently and now i see they, they're pushing for a uk one much like how startup grind um, was incepted and scaled was purely based on the community and the network that that brings the individuals in that space is very very important because not only will the uh, the the crypto benefit you in the long term um so will the network that you build internally with the community and this is what i'm very excited about dude it's exciting times and essentially if we were to look at hex as a, a case study this this is what i believe made hex as powerful as it is is because the community was steadfast during ups and downs and um yeah the leader just took them on the ride with them and, and he's constantly doing that richard hart has got a lot of uh, faith from his community and i believe that's exactly what's extending into jack no i think that i think that's cool and uh, you've actually now just prompted me to actually maybe um segue into a conversation which i think was so spoken about and such a hot topic especially last year with the whole nft craze right when people were just making projects and drawing a piece of picture taking 10 photos of it and put it online and making millions of dollars right and um i think the reason why i bring that up is the great um, gary v he speaks a lot about community and the importance of creating community and i you, you would have seen last year in all these discords and when people were actually creating these discord communities they were emphasizing the importance of community and i know previously we mm -hmm. actually spoke about individuals like logan paul where he essentially has gone in the community over the years initially through youtube and then the various other avenues in which he has garnered attention and fame and mm -hmm. with the crypto projects like crypto zoo which failed miserably and one in which he was um, seen to be taking his followers for a ride is based on community and there's this massive trust element when it comes to communities. And I remember being part of these discord mm -hmm. groups, how there was this whole drive to keep the community in check, to make sure that no outside people coming to disturb the community with the wrong intentions. Mm -hmm. And yes. um, one of the things that I think is pretty cool is this, this figurine I have here, which is from Gary V's initiative that he had done last year with this, this the golden fox. And the whole point of this, yeah, it's, it's really cool. But what I loved about it was a community that he tried to create with V friends. And I can't remember the company in which he had actually collaborated with. It was a sneaker brand, I think it was. And mm -hmm. they only had given 500 of those things out. And I actually went and waited in the line and I got to meet him. But why I bring that up is wow. because all those people in the line form part of his community, a loyal bunch of people yes. that trust him. Yes. And the craziest thing was for me to actually see it in plain sight the difference between trusted community and people that are opportunists and why i say that is when my girlfriend and i were waiting in the line around the the block was going around the corner and there was actually a, a, 
a strong chance of me actually not meeting him because there were so many people mm. there and he was as he always is applying his time and answering questions and actually um showing some form of genuine interest it's probably very difficult because you have so many people coming and people asking questions that are probably irrelevant and he just wants to make sure that everything's stuck to time so everyone gets allocated their fair share of his time but mm. going back to my point of seeing people that are really trustworthy and people that are opportunists is that when we wait in a line, everyone knows that you've five hundred of these things. You've got people walking out with bags of these. The boxes are relatively like quite big, and people walking out to several or eight of these fucking boxes. And it was actually such a Hollywood, oh, it was such a Hollywood moment. So, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It was everyone's in the line to get the, the the piece of this pie where you get this guy. He comes out with his daughter. She, she's got about four bags. He's got about mm. four bags of these big boxes, and they're mm. big. Then he. He opens up his car, he has a Porsche and um, in front of everyone. So like you can see this guy's got money, he's spending money on mm. the thing and you think, so why is he doing this? And he's trying to fit this thing in this Porsche, which was actually so, mm. so funny. It was the kind of a metaphor or a different way of looking at greed of how you have mm. this amazing car, but you can't even fit all these things you've bought now. Oh my actually... gosh, dude. And then you go online and there must have been this guy because he was one of the first people to come outside on eBay. Mm. Mm. I think the, the 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 retail value at that time was I think four hundred fifty dollars or might have been yes three hundred fifty or between that. This guy was selling mm. for seven and a half thousand dollars as he walked out of the shop, and oh gosh, like it, it shows me like why would I want to be part of the community when there's individuals like that that are opportunists, mm. and that just encapsulated yes. the whole of last year for me when it came to NFTs and how people like now when you talk to people about NFTs that aren't involved in even in crypto NFTs their perception is completely skewed. And they don't see mm. the true value of the smart contract and the utility that in which you can actually ascertain from an NFT collection. Mm. And before I pass on to you, a prime example no, no, no. is how sports finder, how we are trying to obviously educate our audience and educate the people as to how you can actually leverage not NFTs, but the blockchain technology like we are built on the Ethereum blockchain and to mm. utilize smart contracts for different use. So Next week, Saturday, the 18th of February, we're hosting a beach soccer tournament. And the intention of that is to build community, right? And the way in which we yes, actually yes, yes. Um, promote NFTs and promote our brand is the entrance mm. into this tournament. So there'll be a team of minimum five people, maximum seven people in a, 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 a format of knockout rounds, two groups, and the winner goes to the final and wins. Each yes. team is going to, each individual on that team is going to get an NFT, which is going to be their, their, their ticket into the tournament. And now what Amazing. that provides them is for future tournaments, they already have entrance into, into the, the, into the draw for whatever future tournaments we host and we'll provide utility along with that. But I think this is the, 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 the stance that we've tried to take on now in order to build up trust and also to help people understand the true use of the uh, NFT can go far beyond the initial artwork and uh, which was at the, the forefront of every uh, NFT collection last year. Mm. Mm. dude that's fucking epic bro <laughs> i'm super excited <laughs> yeah look i think there's, there's there's great opportunity with uh smart contracts and just the longevity of that with the community and this is ex exactly why this is going to be very paramount for sports finder going forward especially as the community starts to develop um it's exciting times and this is also what brings me on to something that's, I believe, going back to Zen, 
with their there's nft projects which is launched on ethereum it's now recently launched on polygon and uh, bsc and i feel that the way that is structured is 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 very very tokenomic so it's it's focused on trying to burn the zen uh, uh, token uh, going forward and then people can actually trade it while they're in their staking and in minting process which is very very innovative and i thought i'd mention that because some people may have not have heard about it and if there are um, nft maxis or should i say people that are curious about that space i do think that nfts is something to look at um, but yeah i think due diligence is very key but going back to v friends the way that gary v's Bring this to fruition is unreal, dude. I love the way he focuses on the youth, and despite his his Vayner Media still doing the big things in the marketing space, uh, the way he's been able to adapt to such an early and uh, newly incepted nuance in crypto and in the NFT space. So, like, I do believe that he's a a, a big um, influencer with this regard, and uh, I do think that people need to focus and look to him for some advice and just generally um, like with Logan Paul, bad example of how someone with a lot of influence can negatively impact the space just by jumping into it too soon and trying to get um, all his eggs in one box just to siphon it, let's put it or lack of a better word. And um, this is very interesting and in how it's just been panned out in the last couple of years um, as of late how many brands and individuals are jumping into it. But then you look to the guys that have been there right from the beginning. And I'm not saying Gary V has, uh, but I do think he's been, or should I say, should give credit where it's due. He spent a lot of time researching and funding the space. And I think that we need to look more to him for advice and uh, wisdom. Yeah, I think that's actually a very good point in the sense that I think people are looking to the wrong individuals for education around this space. So going back to your point with Gary Vee and looking at the difference in which he goes about the way in which he presents himself and the ideas in which he, he leads from the front with. I mean, like what you're talking about now, going back again to our good friend, Logan Paul, the way in which he had exploited his community or his following mm. by leveraging his influence, right? Which is obviously something that's been seen throughout the ages. It's not uncommon, but like mm. what that kind of reminds me of is this whole pump and dump um, approach yes, to yes, crypto yes. and to NFT projects. Yes. And just for those of you that don't understand what a pump and dump is, it's essentially when you get like, how can I say, for lack of a better word, fraudsters, people that have influence mm. and people that are imposters, essentially providing like misleading information to create a buying frenzy, whatever it may be, whether it's in crypto, whether it's in NFTs, and they effectively um, pump up that stock price. And what that effectively does is now creates and garners community and like, hey, everyone's like, look at this cool project everyone's working on, let's pump money into it, there's a cool initiative behind it. There's a lot more that's going to come out of the, the, this NFT collection. And then boom, these guys that came out with this misleading information, dump their shares, they sell their initial shares, they pull out their money and then every, and they have majority of the shares. 
or the majority yeah. of the, the cryptocurrency or, or percentage of the NFT collection. And then just get, everyone gets, just gets left high and dry. And I think we saw this far too many times last year. And I think a lot of the, the, these cases, like with Sam Bankman-Fried with FTX, are maybe deterring some people, but you still hear on a weekly basis, these kind of scams that are either ones that which are only coming to fruition now, or ones in which people are catching on from the get-go. And I mean, you got that, that guy from Shark Tank, Mr. Wonderful, who is very much in the weeds with this whole FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried uh, saga, where he was supposedly um, provided $15 million from Sam Bankman-Fried to be not only an ambassador of, of FTX, but he essentially took 15 million of that dollars. I think he invested 10 million of that into FTX and took 5 million and maybe invested it somewhere else. Mm. And it's come out now where people are questioning his intentions and he, his way in which he does due diligence when it comes to individuals. And I think this all forms part of how community can be built so quickly, but can also fall and have the, the carpet swept from right under your feet without you even knowing. And mm. the last thing I would say to that, and something that I, I, I'm very proud of is obviously with Startup Grind, as you mentioned, and for those of you that don't know, is that every chapter in the world will have a Startup Grind community. And Startup Grind is a global community of entrepreneurs and venture capitalists. And it was started in, I think, 2010 by Derek Andreessen. And he was basically just a bunch of friends that were in business and wanted to share their journeys and share their pain of becoming an entrepreneur and the various things in which one has to actually um, encounter and uncover by being a, a startup founder. And he built this community, I think there's over 4 million people globally. And in Los Angeles, I'm the chapter director. And one of the things that we always lead with, and it's basically one of our core values is make friends and not contacts. Because mm -hmm. I think that's incredibly important when you come to um, joining communities and forming part of the communities, because you're part of this the Zen community. And it yeah. seems like you, you have some form of trust and belief that I feel, I feel like I don't see in more tangible communities as opposed to one yeah, that's yeah, yeah, digital, yeah. digital, if I said that correctly. 100%. 100%. And um, I actually want to go back when you said it's Derek Andreessen, right? Uh, Derek Anderson. Okay, because no, I was about to say, yeah. is that easy? It's, 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 it's spelled the same, but pronounced differently. Uh, okay, so he's not yeah. linked to Mark and Jason. No, 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 no. Because that would have been very interesting. I was yeah. like, yes, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Dude, 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 shout, shout out to Derek, he's not ground. Those guys are legends, man. No rock and roll, bro. Yeah. So this is um, like with the community thing, I feel like even with more established spaces, uh, I think there's a lot of misleading happening from the, the, the top down. And I think... This is based on the clout and, you know, social proof and leverage and that kind of thing. Like if I was a very popular dude on, on Instagram or TikTok, for instance, like I can easily hone in onto community uh, and start to direct them in, in ways that I feel is is beneficial. And when you look to to more virtuous leaders and you're like, who's Naval Ravikant said that, these guys are going to be in the Web3 space. And we've touched on Stephen from uh, Social Chain and how he's moved all his, his focus into YouTube and um, the Web3 domain. And this is the same with Gary V. And this is with Jack Levine, uh, Google employee number 21. It's just when you start to see these kind of individuals starting to 
hone in on the community from from a digital aspect, uh, from a crypto aspect. Yeah, like you mentioned, there's a lot of people in there who are opportunists that want to stop trade and make money, and that's fair. You're gonna you're going to see that forex styled business model in the crypto space. Why? Because you can easily leverage the naivety of the the people that jump into it, especially the newcomers. Um, this is why timing market is so important in timing the market, as as Richard Hart would say. And I learned that the hard way. Like coming into it, I was like literally at the tip of the the, the bull run. When was it? Uh, last year, I think two years ago, two years ago, when I first jumped in uh, with the hype with Dogalon, with the hype with so many altcoins, bro. I just went <laughs> so, in hard, bro. It's actually insane <laughs> when you think about the conversations yeah. you used to have with people. Like even in my lab, like I have this guy, mm. his name's Shane. I'll actually love to bring him on one day. He has so much energy, but he was like pushing all the, these altcoins. Mm. And not to say that he was wrong in doing it, because if he was mm. right, I mean, a lot, a lot of people would have been wealthy, right? But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just so funny to see there's so many people like that. And I admired that because he was incredibly passionate and he would back back his comments up by actually investing his own money into these cryptocurrencies, right? Wow. Albeit wow. not a lot of a lot of money, but he like hmm. he truly believed, like he always would say to me, You give me a million dollars, I'll get you thirty million dollars. And like I, I admire guys like that and I, and I like to have people mm-hmm. Mm. like that around me because it just also makes me uh, remind myself that I also need to make sure that I'm doing my due diligence with everything that I'm getting involved in. And um, an example would be there's there's this investment opportunity in Rhode Island where Mm. there's obviously in the United States, the the major soccer league, the MS, the MLS, Major League Soccer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The professional football players play, right? Mm, And mm. for many years, and that sport is grown significantly over the last 10, 15 years in the United States, not only because it's the most popular sport in the world, because there's a great population here. It's one of the, the, mm. the younger populations in the world compared to Asian populations like Spain and Italy, where there's this massive mm. disparity in, in, in age gap, where teams in Europe are gonna start looking to the United States for young and raw talent from grassroots levels, because there's enough mm. people here and there's enough, enough infrastructure and capital investment going into sports which is obviously yes. now yes. all leading up until the 2026 World Cup that's going to be hosted here in the United States. So we, rem- we remember in 2010 in South Africa, yeah. what good that did for Sick. public infrastructure, even the social mm. element of how it brought communities together. I've never experienced such a happy time in South Africa during until the World Cup. I must agree. My, my point is that after that tourism obviously kind of either boomed or and a lot of people were questioning that after World Cups, a lot of the stadiums are underutilized and they're, they're not maintained well enough and they dilapidate. Mm. Our point here is that I had this opportunity or this investment opportunity where this guy is raising money to invest and build one of these USL teams, which is uh, another league outside of the MLS, but it's a professional league that has three tiers. Mm. And there's a lot of investment okay. when it comes to TV rights, sponsorships um, and, and the likes. And I, my point is that this guy has had to build a community to raise $50 million. His name is Brett Johnson. And he mm. is actually one of the, the directors and shareholders of Ipswich, which is a league one side in the UK. Um, so he, oh, wow. he has a lot of experience and he has a lot of investing. And I've just seen the way in which he has gone a community 
and the father is wondering to effectively ask people to invest in his project and his vision. Because mm-hmm. the minimum mm-hmm. buy-in is quite a lot of money. But I, okay. I, I quite enjoyed that taking away. It's, it's like a very old school way in which he's he's building his community. Like having mm-hmm. people come over, watch the games there. And it's like nothing is, we're not on any WhatsApp groups, we're not on any Discord channels. And it's mm-hmm. actually quite nice because you get to meet your community in person. And there's no better way to actually ascertain how an individual is by, by meeting them in person. Yes, 100%, bro. And this is... I guess um, a bit of a, uh, should I say, disadvantage for a lot of the virtual community that's in crypto because you don't get to meet these people directly and which gives a lot of opportunity for for, uh, uh, thought leaders or just entrepreneurs in general to to make that possible for for the community. Uh, It's like, with anything, it's about what's built on top of Ethereum that makes it truly relevant. And that's the same with good leaders. What's built around them that actually can edify them and empower them even more so that they can reach out and bring more value. And yes, there's only so much you can do with with doing Twitter spaces, with doing YouTube lives and YouTube videos and that. But then it comes down to the community as to how they showcase and bring awareness to even new people. And this is why I mentioned earlier on what I'm going to do with with Zen because I feel like there's a lot of people in Africa that can benefit off this kind of concept. Uh, and I know that uh, people in the community are are donating, um, sh- uh, should I say, mints to people. So they'll onboard someone by taking on the gas fee cost or whatever. You still just need to, to remind me it... my mint is coming, eh? <laughs> the mystery, <laughs> the mystery, just, just, just about 400 days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I must check up on it again. Though. Yeah, yeah. So if you go into your, your MetaMask, you can go and add something called um, Zen Turbo, which will take and analyze that wallet address and tell you exactly when it's due. Or you can just keep going into Zen Crypto, Zen.network and um, just, you know, manually check it up. But you see, it's it's for you doing one month, it's perfect. You know, it's easy to, to manage. But there's people that are doing like several, well, if not tens and hundreds of them, bro. So to manage that, I know Chris, he even had a business model that he wanted to open up 10 wallets on a daily but yeah. fortunately, Zen introduced Zen, NF- Zen FTs, which allowed you to actually create a VMUs, which is essentially a wallet address within the NFT itself. So you could push as much gas as you wanted to and create those VMUs up until 100, which is very beneficial. Like, fuck, it's actually great. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to doing that as well, purely because I was, like, I'm in a catch-22 with Zen. Like, I'm buying it and I'm minting it. But Jack is obviously advocating minting only just so that people don't lose money. Because even when, uh, but then I was like, oh, let me just fucking dollar cost average through this whole process. Because the couple buys I've done on Zen, they're all down, you know, but I'm not here for the short term. I'm not yet to stop trade Zen. I'm yet to accumulate as much as I can. And I don't want to go out there and create a lot of wallets or create um, buys NFT just because I don't really want to be trading NFTs in the future. That's just not my, my business strategy when mm, it comes to yeah. crypto. I just want to, you know, make, keep it simple. 
And this is not me going against the the, the initiative or the concept. I think it's great. Uh, like I mentioned, I might even jump into it, but I need a little bit more information and diligence around that space. And this is why I, I take to Chris for this information, but he's been very huddled with uh, AI. Like he's put all his fucking attention into understanding and working with AI just so that he can leverage it going forward because he, as a teacher in an Asian state, believes he's becoming obsolete if he doesn't work with this AI system because in the future, what's the need for a person like that? It's interesting that you, you say that because mm. that's exactly what I wanted to talk about next is AI and um, artificial mm. intelligence and obviously chat GPT and now obviously um, Google's coming out or Google company Alphabet's coming out with their, their mm. own um, version of that, which is called BARD, B-A-R-D. Um, so we've, oh, spoken wow. about, we, we've spoken about this before, and it's effectively using the same API, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. But um, I found myself of probably in the last month using um, ChatGPT more than I use Google, like significantly more. I would say it's probably yeah. in the, the 80, 20 space now. And, nice, dude. and it's not because I have anything against Google. I just feel like what I need to get on ChatGPT is there in the instance as opposed to Google when you, you type in the same thing that you can type in chat GPT, nine out of 10 times you're not gonna find what you need initially, right? Whereas in chat GPT, mm -hmm. it, it'll tell you if it can't find what you need, which I, I, kind, yes. of, I kind of like. Yes. And again, I yes. mean, by no means are we saying this is the holy grail, or this is, this, is the next, this is the next thing, which it really is, to be honest. But the thing is, a lot of people are putting that under scrutiny because of some of the information in which it's actually um, leveraging to provide and spit out is maybe not as accurate as one would believe. And I think we had spoken about this before, but just for any new listeners, I remember seeing tweets going around and Elon Musk was actually um, commenting on it where an individual had typed into chat GPT um, something about Joe Biden and the same thing around Donald Trump. And when it said the Joe Biden thing, it gave about this whole like list of amazing things, accolades, and like the amazing things that he's achieved in his presidency. And Donald Trump, it basically says, no, I don't, I don't get involved in political matters in a way, which is incredibly concerning, right? Because the information in which it's pulling is from the internet. But now, is the guys behind ChatGPT already um, in bed with all these politicians or in bed with all of the, these corrupt individuals? And it hasn't even been in it. Uh, it's not even in its mature state yet, which is something that I think a lot of people need to be mindful of. Because you, what you're going to find is like, I think a lot of students in high school, especially in university now, are all doing their projects through ChatGPT, right? Marketing plans, um, SWOT analysis, uh, projections, financial planning, everything can be done in ChatGPT. And people are just assuming that information which has been split out is correct. And a lot of times it is. But I've seen now it's also creating opportunity for other businesses to provide solutions to the education system, whether they're putting in these technology or these stop gaps that will actually pick up if an individual has has spat out and got their information from a source like ChatGPT. My point is that as much as these kind of new technologies and new innovations come under under scrutiny, it'll always and ever, ever 
eventually result in something good that will come out of it where a solution like for the education system because i mean if you think back when we were in university and we were doing theses and uh, dissertations and the way in which they that the plagiarism was through a software and that software was only developed once they realized people were pl uh, plagiarizing so the same thing has happened with with, with ai now and i yeah. think it's it's so interesting to see how this is all going to pan out and now effectively microsoft owns uh, a share of chat gpt google's going to have bought mm. who has the greatest yeah. market share they both have massive market share microsoft mm. basically owns the pc market google owns the, the internet so yeah yeah it's yeah. going to be this clash of titans and it's going to be interesting to see where those cards fall yeah look uh if 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 i could decide i hope it falls google's way bro because i fucking hate microsoft <laughs> But I really you, do, you, bro. You, you, uh, it's been, uh, I actually forgot. Yeah. So last, last <laughs> I mean, week or the previous episode, we were talking about something like to do with the vaccines or whatever it was. And Jono just has a whole outburst about, about Bill Gates. Oh, it's like, it's like, you know what it reminded me of? It's like, it's like your, your, the, your arch nemesis. Do you ever remember Dexter's lab when you were growing up? Oh, yes. when he, his I name love or, that, bro. What is his name? Is that Malfoy? What is his name? Something like that, dude. But they were, <laughs> they were <laughs> at each other's throats the whole time. But that's actually bro, so, so interesting, Dexter's laboratory. I used to love that I show. I think I want to watch it again. And it's, it's so crazy, yeah, because there'll be very, very much hidden messages that none as adults will pick up on. But it's, it's so crazy bro. to think that I almost did a full circle when it comes to that because I now run a laboratory company and it's what? obviously it's not in the, the back of my house like it was with his, but yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. so crazy. <laughs> I used to live and breathe that show, dude. It's so funny. What the fuck, bro? That's sick, man. I love that. Yeah, I yeah, love that, dude. That just, yo. But um, yeah. Back <laughs> to the. the, the... <laughs> I wonder if you'd find AI in Dexter's lab. We gotta watch it, and just go but and he check. Didn't have the robot. I think he had his computer that would talk to him, man. There was. AI. Oh, there we go. There we go. But I mean, bro. AI has been spoken about. I mean, who is the person that spoke about this first and foremost? Alan Turing. Sure. Alan Turing, oh, yeah, the, father, the father of computing and, and the mathematician. He wrote that white paper and he effectively mm. was saying that the, the, the Turing test, right? The, the imitation game. There will be a time yeah. in the future in which we will not be able to determine or decipher between a computer and a human. And that is mm. happening now, dude, with these yeah. whole AI models where they're actually making like these. Have you seen how crazy it is now? I was reading the other day, and sorry to interrupt you, but I think this is pretty cool. No, no, no. no. to talk about. You know, like how everyone's using ChatGPT and these AR tools to create content, right? Written content. But there's a bunch of guys now that are producing fake images of models of people through AI imaging. It's actually not real people, but they look real. And they're creating OnlyFans. Yeah, they're creating OnlyFans accounts and they're fucking <laughs> generating a shit ton of money. Through these fake these fake individuals dude it's insane Look, I, I i think mm. I, I admire the creativity and the opportunity yeah, guys yeah, are yeah, smart yeah. to jump yeah. onto that but yes my point is like we are stepping into uncharted territories now we, we thought catfishing yes. was a bad thing with dating man now mm. you're gonna mm. have a, a girl talking to you on facetime you know it's, a, it's, it's an ai model so this is what what yeah. <laughs> the, twin, the, the, the Tinder Swindler is going to be out, out and about, bro, but he's going to add 10 models. Yes. 
10 AR models Defos, taking money bro. from people. Defos. And this is what's going to make trust even more prevalent. Like um, we, we've mentioned this before. We're in that age of trust, bro. And AI is just going to throw that on its fucking head. And the reason why I say that is because it's going to take away the, the the notions that we've understood as what makes us truly human. Like if you're seeing fertility rates dropping, all this bullshit from that perspective, and then you start to see how people are starting to fall in love with these these uh, AI-generated chatbots. Like if you look into some organizations, you start to get dig deeper and you find out that people are actually they're into it, bro. And who's to say the future isn't going to be like that? Like, why would you want to be like, let's, let's hypothetically say that they create a, um, a sentient uh, AI, like fuck that we saw in X Machina when she leaves the house where you can't even differentiate whether it's a, it's a real human or not. Just it looks legit and it actually acts exactly that same way. We can't, we can argue that people will be for it in the future. Like, people are already for it, that, dude. Yeah, people are already, it's, not, it's not even the physical thing. It's people yeah. are updating like Tamagotchi kind of style things, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even lying to you. Yeah. Let, me, let, me, let me Google this, dude. Oh carry on talking. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that that's going to become a lot more lot more prevalent as, as the days go on. And um, like we can say, is this ethical? We can argue this. Uh, it's very debatable. But yeah, look, whether I will be into it, I can't really. Uh, nah, you know, I'd much rather just be single for the rest of my life rather than um, date a, a, a computer, if that makes sense. But, but we do used to say that the new generation or generations that follow won't, that what might be a norm. Right, there might be AI fucking <laughs> robots at school. <laughs> Who knows, bro? So there, there, there's there's an AI girlfriend seducing China's lonely men. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves wearing school uniforms and is ready to talk twenty four seven. There's just one problem: she only exists online. This is this stuff is happening, man. <laughs> I'll put a link to this yeah. video in the, in the description. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 oh I, do, I do think it's definitely happening, man. And what's going to be interesting, mm. these people eventually become colleagues. <laughs> 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 oh, you're going yeah, to you're gonna have a robot that's a, like a carrot in your office, dude. Very not funny <laughs> that would be. Yeah. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's actually super funny. <laughs> I, I wanna I wanna be living in a lake house by that time, bro. I can't. I don't wanna be involved with that shit. Talking about like yeah. cartoons that were supposedly forcing the future, I think an obvious one that we can easily refer back to is the Jetsons, right? In which mm. they had robots as their domestic helpers and the way in which they were transport uh, transported was essentially the same rationale behind the Hyperloop technology where, where you have this yeah. vacuum tube where they take out the air to <laughs> create reduced friction. So <laughs> I mean, today, today's podcast was one in which we just went out on a complete tangent. I think it was fantastic, Jono. I love we it. Are, we are coming to it. the end. So before we, we mm -hmm. end off, um, Jono, if you have any any enough quotes, just get that prepared. If not, I can pull one up here. I have one. But please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we, we are doing 
All right, considering the amount of time we've been in this game. And I actually have a guest on Friday. Um, he's very much focused on, on the esports space. I'll be bringing him in to interview him. And yeah, I think this was, a, this was a great start to the new format to which we're doing. And when I mean new format, the new technology and tools we've been leveraging to record, to bring you better content and better quality. So in saying that, John, any final remarks? Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's touching on the latter part of the podcast and it's by Lex Friedman. Uh, it's not too long, but it's a little bit lengthier than usual. It says, humans are an API to ChatGPT. ChatGPT is an API to Python. Python is an API to C, C is an API to assembly, assembly is an API to binary, binary is an API to physics, and physics is an API to the machine that runs the universe. It's computation all the way down. Fuck it. When I read that, I was like, man, that's unreal. So yeah. I saw, I saw that. Guys. I saw that. I saw that on Twitter. But mm. no, I think that's great. All right. Well, anyone, everyone, anyone, everyone, anyone, everyone. <laughs> it's 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 crazy how like. We, we can make so many mistakes, but back in the day when people were recording the stuff on TV, they had to be to the point, right? That's the one thing I love about YouTube podcasting. Like a lot of the YouTube podcast channels I went, it's just like, do what you want, man. And I, and I absolutely love that. I think that's what we're just trying to create here, but most of all, add meaningful value for our listeners. So in saying that, thanks everyone. 100%. Until, until next time, Jonah, take care.